Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Hey friends, Catherine here. We are releasing a very special bonus episode of the Girls Gone Gravel podcast today. I am really excited to be joined by some of the women that are part of the West Fjords Way Cycling Challenge. So if you've listened to some of our episodes, we had Nicole Baker and she talked about uh, going to Iceland last year and riding this route. And then Brooke Gowdy, when she was on our podcast, she kind of hinted at this was coming and so we had a chance to chat with Lil Wilcox and Brooke Gowdy and Lynn, Lynn Jacks from who's organizing the event. And then Maria, she told me not to even try to say her last name, uh, who is a pro cyclist over in Iceland. And we chatted about all kinds of things related to this race, what they're doing to increase equity in the field. And just some of those things that all of us struggle with, how do we have a mindset to take on these big challenges? Uh, how do we train when we have a busy life for something that's a 900 mile race? And, th- and then also things like, what do you do when you have your period? Uh, how do you make time for yourself? So it's a really fun conversation with a really amazing group of women, whether or not you want to go to Iceland and ride 900 miles. I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. And hopefully it'll inspire you a little bit for your next big adventure. So please join me for a very special episode of the Girls Can Gravel podcast. Well, I am super excited to be bringing you all a very special uh, episode of Girls Gone Gravel. This is a Friday episode. So if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, you know, we usually come out on Tuesday, but I have a whole room full of badass women with me today that we're going to talk about this amazing event that's coming up in Iceland. And so I'm super excited. Uh, I had Brooke Gowdy on the podcast. Well, Christy and I had Brooke Gowdy on the podcast last fall and it actually came out. I, you were at our first episode back in January, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you hinted at this event that you were going to be doing, but you couldn't tell us what it was. And it was with Lael. And we were like, <laughs> Hmm, it's going to be something crazy. So, yes. so we have you and Lael with us today, and I want to hear the story of how 
you and maybe Lael, um, you've been on the podcast before, obviously you've been a super popular guest. Uh, tell us like, how did you all get connected with this event in Iceland and how did you get connected with each other? I'll let Lil talk about how she connected me with the event. Um, and I'll just start with saying that Lil has always been an inspiration to me as um, she has for many women. Um, just her ability to go out and tackle huge adventures and um, just be so resilient and um, just such a badass on her bike has been really expiring. And so we have chatted over the time over, I don't know how long we've been chatting, but um, just had some opportunities to really speak to each other and um, to encourage each other. And so it was wonderful when I got a message from her. And so I'll let her take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's likewise, Brooke. I'm so thrilled to be talking with you right now, even, you know, it's like kind of back and forth. And when I see you doing things, I'm just so inspired. And I personally, I just love your approach. You're like, I'm just going to do it. We're just going to make it happen. And you're going to do your own thing. And then you're going to bring along as many people as you can with you and, and truly believe in them. And that's huge. That's so unique and so, so cool. So of course, if anything comes up and I'm like, we need somebody to kind of breathe some life into this. I immediately think of Brooke because she's just like, yes, (laughs) that's the coolest. So, uh, yeah, a little background on the West Fjords Way Challenge. So the West Fjords Way is a route in Iceland. Uh, in the West Fjords, the whole thing is 900 kilometers, so about 600 miles. It's Iceland's first official bike touring route. Um, I went and scouted this with Chris Burkhardt and a crew last September. It was my first time in Iceland, and I was totally blown away. Uh, just the beauty of the land. It's so exposed and wild and dynamic and um, so unique. I've never been anywhere like that. Uh, So, so beautiful. So we're making this route while we're scouting it. We're like, well, what if we hosted a race on this route? Or what if someone from Iceland hosted a race on this route? And then how would that be? Would you do an ultra endurance race, like the tour divide where everybody just starts and goes out and goes as fast as they can and gets blown away by the wind? Or would you, you know, what would you do? And we thought, be really cool to do a stage race uh, so that you have these kind of meeting points where it's like you ride really hard, a huge stage, and then everybody comes back together in a special place with hot springs and hot food and somewhere to stay for the night. And you have this camaraderie between racers. And really, these were just ideas. Uh, Lene came in and and made it a reality. So um, it's actually happening. You know, it's happening the end of this June. There will be a stage race. Um, and then, I mean, I really can't speak too much about this. Lene, the organizer should talk more about kind of her goals and dreams and ambitions with the race, because there were so many cool ideas, like how can we get more locals there? How can we get more women there? How can we get more BIPOC riders there? And, and, uh, I mean, so, you know, that's kind of, these were all ideas and, and then it was like, well, we want it to happen now this year, this June, hundred riders start together. Um, so really I was just involved in, in the kind of dream part of it, but the reality is it's actually happening. Um, so I'm super, super excited that this is coming together. That's super exciting. Okay. Well, you mentioned Lene. So we have two other women on the call. You mentioned Lene. So we have Lene Jacks and Lene is a student, an American student 
living, you're getting your master's or your PhD, which one, Lene? Uh, master's. Yeah. I'm a student here in East Yorker, uh, in the West Yorks, getting my master's in community and regional development. So planning a race kind of actually falls in line really well with a lot of the coursework that I do. That's amazing. How did you end up meeting Lale and the, and the crew that was interested in hosting or had this vision? So my friend Tyler and I, who's a co-race director, uh, heard they were here and we ended up meeting up with them for one day of their ride. And uh, I have only been riding a bike for about three years and it's mostly been mountain biking. So this was like one of my first road rides ever. I borrowed a gravel bike and I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with these guys, but I'm going to try because it'll be really cool. And it was probably one of the worst weather days that they were having of the whole trip. And I was falling really hard behind the whole day. But at the end of it, we all got to hang out in one of the hot springs together. And we just got to talking about their ideas for the race. And um, Tyler and I got to thinking about how, you know, a race like this is very much tied up into the community development work that we do. And we were wondering how we could make this a little bit different. Um, you know, more than just people coming out to do a race in another country, they come here, they do it, then they go home. Um, but more thinking about how can we encourage people to have more of a meaningful interaction with local nature, local culture. So we kind of came up together with this idea of cultural connections. And um, because the race will be divided up into four stages, we can require um, them to choose two out of five or six cultural connection points where they can stop and their race time is paused. And they can sit in a hot spot or they can visit a local farm or have waffles at a local cafe. And so implementing this element to the race really means that we need someone on the ground here talking with these local business owners and making sure that the race really is embedded into the communities in the West Fjords. So it's been a really, really cool type of project to be working on, um, bringing in my passion for biking as well as some of the work I'm doing as a student. That's amazing. And then we also have Maria who told me not to even try to say her last name and I appreciate it <laughs> on the call. And Maria is, uh, Lale, Lale just gave me the big intro, but Maria is basically the badass of Iceland cycling, uh, cycling racing. And so this is your home country, Maria. What do you think about this event coming to your country? Oh, this is a dream come true because, uh, I have been uh, uh, hosting and uh, product managing big races around the, the island uh, and uh, some big events. And uh, my hometown, I was born and raised in uh, Isafjordur, the, where the Westwards Way will start and end. So I have been thinking about why, why don't we do something like this for many years? But uh, it haven't happened uh, until now. So I was really excited when the, this cool crew came from America and <laughs> did ride, have the courage to ride this uh, extremely uh, hard uh, way. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a big mountains and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for this. And also it's my hometown and, and um, 
and I've been cycling coats and uh, for uh, 12 years here in Iceland and encouraging more women on bikes and that have been uh, there are really many there are many many women cycling in Iceland uh, I think there are yeah it's uh, I think we have some trophies about how many women are on bikes here so Iceland is really excited for this so so yeah yeah, Maria, I, I'm, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You go ahead, Brooke. You no, take I'm, over my podcast, please. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. always do. I always do. Love I love it. Maria, I'm so excited to come to Iceland. And it's really awesome that I'm going to be able to start the race in your hometown. And so I, myself and maybe some of the other women we were talking about this, I was able to meet with some of the other women um, just this weekend and have a beer with them um, and talk about our plans. And what can you tell us is like uh, a must do or some unique thing about your town? Uh, since this is like, uh, you know, this is about biking, but this is also about uh, making connections and really being able to experience Iceland. Um, there are not a lot to do. Uh, walk, just walk uh, in the town and go to the bakery. There's a li- you want to go to the ba- bakery in Isafjordur, yeah, and uh, we are famous for that. And just um, uh, have beer on a on a small uh, pub there. And just walk around and see all the old houses and uh, the culture there and uh, talk to the people in town because uh, Isafir is uh, known to be really, really welcoming. It's uh, when I, uh, I now live in Reykjavik, but uh, when I lived there, it was, it was uh, almost, uh, you, you didn't, you have, you had to take a boat to get uh, to Reykjavik or somewhere else in the in the island because you couldn't uh, drive the way we are going to cycle this June be, uh, during the winter time because the road were just uh, heavy uh, rough gravel and uh, it was too much snow so you had to take a boat so um, people in Isafir are are really really happy when uh, somebody come to their town and yeah, talk to the locals, have some stories, and uh, yeah, chit chat. Great! <laughs> I'll definitely talk to the locals and have a beer. <laughs> yeah. We also get to jump into the fjord at the end of the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really cold. <laughs> you are in Isafjordur. You have uh, you have uh, big mountains. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like uh, your hut. You you have you yeah you have uh, the mountains are hugging you uh, all the time. Some people find it is it's uh, really uh, they, um, uncomfortable, but uh, I think it's like it's really uh, uh, it's really like uh, good in your heart. I think because I love mountains and they are huge. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've gotten to race all over the world uh, and you, you said you really loved Iceland and we had Nicole Baker was on the podcast. She talked a little bit about this trip um, last fall, but tell what was it about Iceland that was just so intriguing to you? I mean, everything about Iceland is fascinating. I, first you start with the weather. It's 
crazy wind, but that means that it blows weather patterns through like four different days in a single day. It's like clouds are going and the sun's coming through and lighting something up green and then it starts snowing and you you just never know what to expect. So it's like it's it's all it's almost like a show all the time. And that's not even accounting for, you know, the northern lights for geothermal steam coming up for cold water and hot water. It's just kind of fantastic to watch. Um, and then, like Maria said, the food is delicious. The baked goods, the fresh fish, the lamb. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's delicious food. I wasn't expecting that because I'm from Alaska, also a Northern place. Uh, and I was like, oh, it'll be like Alaska. Alaska is very pretty, but it's not as dynamic and the food's terrible. But Iceland, it's really, really good. Um, what else? The people are super, super kind and warm and tough, uh, but not stern. It's like they're used to this hard climate and they're used to helping each other. And they're used to like people coming in tourists coming in and not knowing what's going on. So it's like, they're very kind of gentle and kind about, you know, giving you advice, helping you do what you want to. They don't tell you what you're doing is crazy. They just, <laughs> they just kind of smile because <laughs> everybody comes in with all these crazy ideas. Oh, I'm going to do this in Iceland. And it's like, well, you'll see what you're going to do according to how the weather is. Um, but I mean, it's like, because of that, everybody kind of bonds together. Uh, so, I mean, for me, really, it was like that kind of sweetness of the people and then this kind of wild land that you get to pass through. Um, and then the thing I like about this race, about this route, is that it's really not technically hard. A lot of it's pavement, high quality paved roads, very little traffic. Even the gravel is not too rough. Um, so it's like, anybody that could ride a bike could ride this. It's just that the stages are really long. So you'll get to see so much every single day. And that's the challenge of it is that the distance is long, but it's, it's going to be hard for everyone. Everyone's going to be scared and excited. And it's going to be just such a cool experience. Oh, some of that tension is like relieving a little. I don't know if I've heard that yet, that it's not technically tough. Like that feels yeah. really good to hear that, you know, it'll just, it'll, kind of like the great divide for me it's really a battle of the mind like mm -hmm. just how long can I sit on that saddle exactly yeah no it's not technical heart it's uh it's it's not so maybe uh there are some steep uh, mountains there but they are not technical so it's uh it's uh everybody can do this and it uh, will be interesting when you are riding the fjords and you're riding and riding into the fjords just to go back the other way, the other, <laughs> other side of the fjord. It's uh, uh, pretty tough for your mind, but uh, it will be cool. <laughs> That's amazing. So one of the reasons we wanted to record this, this special episode is uh, one of the things I loved the first time I talked to Lene is just really trying to create create equity in the field from the start. So there are some BIPOC scholarships, there's some initiatives for BIPOC athletes, and then they're trying to get a 50-50 split of men and women. However, that has not been like we've, you've, you said you filled up immediately with men and you have a huge waiting list for men and then just not that as many women have signed yeah. up, correct? Lenny? Yeah, exactly. Um, and Based on a lot of the women that I've been talking with, I think, you know, this uh, this idea was very new and it was a little bit late getting onto people's calendars this year. So I think that that's part of it. But um, 
I think that I think people are getting super excited about it this year and that's what's important and we're really hoping that that momentum builds and it will see um, even more women on the starting line next year. Um, but yeah, right now we, we still are holding 50% of those registration spots and um, we're gonna be, mm, yeah, we don't have as many as we'd like, but um, we're, you know, we're doing what we can to get people excited right now. You know, we're recording this podcast trying to, you know, show women that this is a really crazy race, but um, I think that the way that we're directing it and setting it up is really unique in that we're kind of encouraging you to do it slowly in a way um, with these points where you have to stop and you have to take some time to rest and enjoy. Um, and I'm actually even thinking about racing it and I do not have any racing experience at all. I'm going to train really hard, but um, like, I think that that just goes to show that somebody with a ton of experience like Lael could come and do this, but I can also try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask uh, Brooke and Lael and maybe Maria some specific questions that I think, you know, if I were, if I were thinking about coming to do this, like what would, what would be the roadblocks in my mind? And so the first one would be, um, and I think you've addressed, you all have addressed it a little bit, but can I finish this? Like, can I do this? So you're talking about the crazy weather. You're talking about how, you know, like it's a lot of mileage. Like, how do you, and Brooke, I know you came in, like Lil's been doing this a long time. You came into this a little bit later and you, you kind of had to overcome some of those things with the, the tour to buy too. Right. Like how did, how do you like get past those hurdles of, can I do it? Who's going first? <laughs> Brooke, yeah. you, Brooke, you go first. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. For me, it is about the adventure. Of course, I want to finish. I see myself finishing. I'm training to finish. But I'm excited whether I get to the first stage or the second stage or the third stage. For me, I'm excited to go out there and have an adventure and to experience something new. And when I go out and bike every day, (laughs) um, that's how I, those are my best rides when I don't have a destination or an endpoint, but I'm out there riding for myself and I'm riding for an adventure and to see something beautiful and to have a beautiful experience. And so uh, going out there, of course, my hopes are like, everyone else that starts at the start line. Um, But I think something that's unique about me is that um, this is, uh, it's a challenge for me, not a race. It's a way to challenge my body and myself and my mind um, to be able to attempt something unique, to see something beautiful and um, to just reflect on that experience, no matter what stage I make it to. That's awesome. That's a great approach. Um, Yeah, because I mean, think about it. I think really we need to kind of redefine the ideas of failure and success. It's like, it's a failure not to try. It's a failure to be intimidated against something you want to do and be like, oh, I, I can't do that even though I want to. And then don't worry about, you know, your speed or, or, you know, the things that could pop up along the way that are going to stop you because you can't control those things, but you can control getting yourself there and giving it a go. Uh, the other thing to note with this is that it's Iceland in June, the best possible weather usually to be there. And it's light all night. 
you could ride all through the night without lights and just be out there and keep going. And what a magical experience that is. I mean, I feel like everybody in the world should get to get to see that, you know, coming from somewhere in the North, it's like, it's very special. You have so much more energy because it doesn't get dark. It's so cool to see, you know, kind of this wide open land, a road going through. There are businesses along the way where you could get food, you could warm up, you could kind of regroup and get back out there, you know, and it's like, what an adventure to do that. Well, I really like that idea of what you talked about, about really being in the present because I would say, um, you know, humbly referring to myself as an athlete, some of the times that I've done my best, some of the times I've had the most beautiful experiences was being in the present and not thinking about um, what if those what ifs, what if the weather is going to change? What if this is going to happen? What if I don't make it on this first stage? Like being there and biking and being present, um, I think is how I experience these long um, endurance adventures and has been really helpful for me to have a really unique experience. I have, uh, I'm so, uh, yeah, I have been working with a lot of women because I've been hosting uh, many uh, rides and uh, trips and that thing. Women uh, do things, uh, they, they think too much. They think too much uh, how it will end. They are not uh, just uh, going for it. You, if you want to succeed, you have to be willing to fail. But uh, you don't have to fail because uh, if you start, like Lely said, um, it's it's failure not to start. So I would say, don't think too much about it. Just uh, just go for it. You don't have to know the end because you will. I'm going, and Lael and you are going to this event, and we don't know how it will end or what we will see and what we, how many great people we will meet. And I will tell you, um, just uh, to the women, just take one day, just be at the start line, start. Let's see how the first days goes and the second and say like, if you cannot, cannot go more f further in the competition, you just make the good of it. You can ride your bike during the night and uh, follow other the, the competition and be at the party when it ends. It can go in many directions. And for you to know, it's so amazing riding in Iceland in June. You have sunset during the night and you have everything is so quiet. You're like, it's like mentally, I, I live here. And I still like, I'm blown away still. I'm always, every year I, I experience it, but I'm still blown away about the nature and uh, the sun uh, shining, you know, during the, the night. And the weather during the night in uh, our, uh, the wind is most often between like uh, two and four during the day. So <laughs> there are cal calmer wind during the night. So go for it. Don't think too much. <laughs> that's, that's great advice from everybody. I, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about is how do you train for something like this, especially if you have a job? Um, and then I, I also know because it's stage based, like sometimes that's actually a little bit easier to execute on those long distance things. Cause you do have that recovery kind of built in every day. So like, how do you all approach training for an event like this? 
let's let the pros go last. And I'll tell you how, <laughs> how the everyday woman <laughs> um, is approaching training. So for me, it's about getting on my bike and riding, like just time in the saddle, um, just going out, getting on these beautiful gravel roads in Colorado, whether they're snowy or icy, but just getting out there and putting in the miles. And so, you know, I'm doing a small start and um, ramping that up, Uh, not to mention just reaching out to other women uh, just to see how they train and to get advice from them. And then, you know, there's the training my butt making sure I could like sit in the saddle for that long. But I think what's really important for me in this race is really training my mind. I'm really thinking about what does it look like for me mentally to be able to ride my bike for that many miles. And so I think that those two things are going to be huge for me. You can, I would say before Lael will uh, have there, uh, I would say if you don't have... uh, many many hours per week to ride your bike you can all you 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 can always do some core work that workout for your back and your and your core and uh, for your shoulders and uh, uh, neck all those uh, you can do it at home every time even though you don't have time you have time for those uh, so your body will be strong to be on the bike for so many hours um, so you can always do something, even though you don't have all the time in the world to ride your bike many hours per week. But uh, so uh, I would say strength, strength, uh, general strength for your body. And you can also just uh, train your mental uh, uh, toughness by like every day, like just being in your life and uh, just throughout the day, uh, see how you react uh, for something in like when you're just driving your car or something. Always train your train your mind mindset. Yeah. Up, so those yeah. are great points, Maria. Lail, I remember the guy that won Unbound three fifty last year. He was like, remember he hadn't done anything long. He'd done like a twenty four hour mountain bike race, but. He hadn't done a ton of long stuff. He was like, I just knew I had to train my gut. <laughs> yeah, that guy is a maniac. He was like, well, cons- well we would like also a- classify you as a maniac. So I know, but I was like, you know, looking at this guy and he was like, oh yeah, I'm consuming a thousand calories an hour. And I was like, what were you having? He's like, you know, two chocolate milks, a Red Bull and like pineapple juice. I'm like, whoa, training your gut is right. That's like kind of crazy. You know, it's like a science experiment in there, but really that is a good point about, you know, something long like this, you do have to eat a lot uh, and you have to kind of figure out what works for you for distance. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you don't have tons of time to train consistently throughout the week, but maybe, you know, building up to the event you do have, you could like one month pick one day where you could ride a long day and just see how your body reacts, see how you're going to pack some equipment on the bike, you know, rain pants, rain jacket, layers, figure out a system of clothing that's going to work, figure out what you could eat along the day 
that works for you. And for, I mean, I eat mostly normal food. It's like, you know, sandwiches and pizza and whatever. Some people are more like gummy bears. Other people mostly drink stuff, but just figure out what you consistently like, you know, for like a 10 hour stretch. Cause that's a long time. Um, and then maybe the next month you have two days in a row, like a weekend where you could do two long rides day after day, and then see how your body responds to that. And then you'll realize, you know, kind of your weak points. Like for me, it's my breathing for other people. It's their knees for other people. It's their saddle. You know, it's like, or, oh, you realize like these handlebars aren't going to work for you. So you kind of mix it up. So I think kind of having, you don't always have to train long, but you do have to have that kind of experience in the bank that you can rely on. You're like, okay, that worked for me. That's something I could do. Um, and then you also gain the confidence that you actually did that. Uh, like for me, the first time I ever rode through the night, I rode from home in Anchorage, 225 miles to Homer, Alaska. I'd never done anything like that. I was all alone. I ended up at a gas station at three in the morning. It was freezing. And I was like, I wish I could just sleep on the floor in here. <laughs> but I couldn't. So I'm just kind of loitering. And then I get back on my bike and I wait for the sun to come up so I could take a nap, like on the ground, on a gravel road where it's warm enough to be able to sleep. And then after this experience, my knees like blew up, like the size of like softballs. And I was like, Oh my God, what happened? And I think it was really like, my body was in shock from doing this crazy thing. But then the next time I did something like that, I didn't have the same reaction. I think your body like kind of freaks out because they're like, what are, what are you doing? And then the next time they're like, oh yeah, we kind of know about this. It's like, you're not going to have that crazy physical reaction. Yes, of course, it's going to be uncomfortable in some ways, but like your body, like everything becomes normal over time. Like these miles, this distance, like your body figures out and your mind figure out like how to kind of take it on. Uh, so do it, do something like this before the race. Don't have the freak out experience during the race, because also you'll be like, so nervous about, well, what's going to happen? Like you do it on your own time or maybe with a friend. And then it's like, you can build on that, you know? So set yourself up where you can take on a challenge in a not competitive setting, you know, set a dot on the map and be like, I'm going to ride there and then just see how it goes. And then if it doesn't work out, you know, it's like, you have a mechanical, no big deal. It was just for you anyway. And also about the time it's uh, consistency is the key. So if you, if you just have 40 minutes today to sit on, sit on your bike, do it 40 minutes counts because uh, maybe you have two hours the day after and then 30 minutes the day after that. So use the all the time you can have so people many people are like oh, i just have 30 minutes make the best of those 30 minutes or three hours or whatever so what well, one thing that i've been doing is really embracing um uncomfortableness um so i i know that this, this sounds horrible but um i actually kind of look forward to it and it's because um i think about what it's like for me um uh, not to make this too serious but what it's like for me as a black woman in uh the united states and often um daily i am un embracing uncomfortable conversations or uncomfortable interactions. And I think about how 
strong I am when I'm embracing that uncomfortableness, whether I am confronting it or whether I am reflecting on it or, or whether I'm having to you know, stand up for something. And I think about how I do that nearly every single day, right? And um, so when I get on my bike and things tend to be physically uncomfortable, I tap into the resilience that I've built as a person. And, and I think since this podcast is specifically for women, I know that women here can understand this idea. Uh, you don't have to be a black woman, um, but I know women understand this idea of having to forge through life um, with a bit, bit of resilience and mental uncomfortableness. Um, and so I would ask that you embrace that physically because you know that you've mentally have to do that every day. A mom has to do many things that are quite uncomfortable um, in life. And it's this, that, that same ability is the same is something you can harness on your bike when things tend to get uncomfortable. Um, you, you can push yourself. Well, we can end the podcast there. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, Brooke. Um, okay. I, I love that. And I think that's so true. Like there's so much of that mental resiliency. And then, and then sometimes when you're able to take that and, and go and put it into like a physical event, right? Like then it, it, it even builds the confidence of like, Oh yeah. Like that's something that's tangible that I can see. Like I succeeded in that (laughs) where every day you're like, that conversation was weird. Like that interaction was weird. And you don't get to see like outcomes of that sometimes. Um, since this is, as you mentioned, a podcast primarily listened to by women, although I did have one guy reach out to me and be like, I listened to it when I made a joke about the three guys that listen, (laughs) but I I did want to talk about speaking of an uncomfortable subject. Uh, what do you do with like your periods and things like that on these big events? Yeah, that's just something you have to deal with. It sucks, but it's fine. And you know, the nice thing with this ride is that it's a stage race. So every night you'll have a chance to kind of, you know, take a shower, clean up, maybe, you know, rinse, like clean your clothing. Um, But yeah, that's, that's part of it. That's, just one on the list of, of things you have to deal with, but it's okay. It's normal. Everybody's doing that. And um, yeah, that's my take. Yeah. I see it as like, how do you work a whole shift at work (laughs) and be on your period? You just do it. And we women are good at just doing the things that have to be done. And so I say that's the same here. I mean, there's lots of um, advice out there about the way that different women do it and the different products that they use. And each person is going to have to figure out, each person that's menstruating will have to figure out what um, works best for them. Uh, But um, it's really important that, you know, that we, like I say over and over again in this podcast, that we embrace what we're doing in everyday life, because that's the life I'm existing in, and be able to bring that back to um, the dirt or to the to the road on our bikes, because we certainly translate what we do on the road and the dirt, and we bring that into our everyday life. Um, so I, 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 you know, that's it. <laughs> And it's not like you cannot stop and do if, you know, you can stop 
during the day, during the ride. And uh, so I would say having a period is no problem. It, it's like you just, uh, it's just, yeah, another challenge into it. So, and you don't have to race, race, race. It's a ride. It's a, so don't think about that. <laughs> uh, thanks for uh, talking about that. We get a lot of those questions in our Facebook group of what do you do with, if you're riding with your period and stuff. And I'm like, we never actually talk about that. And it is something that we all deal with as women. And if you, if somebody's looking for more resources, if you um, look at Dr. Stacy Sims has a book called Roar. And if you are somebody that tends to have bad, like PMS and symptoms, she actually has some things you can do to mitigate, like some supplements and stuff that you can, can use that could help, you know, if you're like, oh, crap, I, you know, some people like they will choose an event around their cycle because they have such bad symptoms around it. So there are ways that you can help mitigate some of that. Um, the black oh, boxes, well, the, the, I just want to say that the black boxes as well, I don't know if you know that, but that is a group of um, black folks that are, um, I think they're from Giant, Giant and Live, um, and they also did a podcast. And so the other day I was on their website and I got to see that. So I would uh, also direct folks who menstruate to that site um, as a helpful resource as well. Awesome. Well, I want to get some more details from Lene, but for Maria, Brooke, and uh, Lael, is there anything else that you want the audience to know about this or, you know, any event that people are taking on? Maybe Iceland isn't in the cards for this year, but they're like, well, I want to try something like a stepping stone this year into kind of one of these, these big excursions. And maybe that's something I would want to do the next year. So anything you want to leave people with? Yeah, I mean, I just want to bring up that we've talked a lot about, you know, these these intimidating things, discomfort. Um, but on the other side of it, really, the point is the positives are going to by far outweigh the negatives on this one. You, know, This is an opportunity to go out to a race in its first year where nobody knows what's going on. We're all doing this together. And and then you couldn't be in a more stunning and beautiful place. It's also, if you can't come for the race the route is free and open to the public at all times. That's the whole point is like, this is an event that adds energy, but it, it's there. It'll be there. Come for it later. Take more time, do it with other friends or come to the race the following year. Um, that's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And just to, to riff on that a little bit, I like I've watched people that have gone and done the Oregon trail gravel grinder and it's kind of, it's a bigger event than this. But you do see, like, you really are going to walk away from that week with some really good friends that are passionate about the same things that you are. I mean, you'll get to hang out with Lil and Brooke and Maria for the week. So uh, that should be enough to sign up, right? Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think we're all like coming out of the pandemic, like longing for those, you know, reconnections and deep relationships and just that time away from the computer and in beautiful places with people that kind of share the same ethos. So I think that's a huge advantage of like taking time for something like this. I think sometimes it's really hard to say uh, yes to things, um, especially after the pandemic where it's felt so comfortable to stay inside and to stay cozy. And so my call to the women out there would be um, put on your finest, put on your lipstick, get on the plane to Iceland and um, 
just, you know, you don't have to be a pro athlete. You could just be an everyday, like, you know, just a person who goes to a nine to five like me and does their best to do those things. Maria talk about the strength training and to get on a bike, even on the days that I don't want to. And sometimes that's only 30 minutes. And yesterday it was only 15 minutes. Um, but that there is space for you here at this race that Lene has made that space for you. She is committed to making sure that you have room at the start line and that when you come here, that Maria, Lel, Lene, we will all be there to welcome you. Um, and you'll see me with my red lipstick on and look at my finest like I am at a nightclub because <laughs> um, that's just my style. And so, you know, I feel very comfortable that I'll get to show up at that start line as my authentic self. And I want everybody to know that there is space there for them. Oh, thank you, Brooke. Yeah, I think that like what you said about making space and like, savings, having space for everyone is really important. And that was our guiding thought as we went into planning this. And we knew that splitting it, um, you know, having 50% of the race field for women was really ambitious. Um, but I think that, you know, like it's a really cool idea and what we're trying to ultimately do with that. And with the BIPOC scholarship that we just wrapped up, um, you know, we're just, we're really excited about being able to take this. It's a brand new race. We can make it what we want. So we did. And, um, and I think that, you know, everyone that wants to or even thinks they might want to should get the opportunity to come out and experience this place. That's awesome. So, okay, a couple of specifics on that. Um, so you have held dates until March 1st is when you need to open it up to the to any men that are on the wait list because any, sorry, that's my dog. Anybody that uh, has done an event knows you also have to cover all your event costs. So, um, so if anybody's listening and they're interested, they should reach out right away. You could, I'm just volunteering them, reach out to Lale or Brooke on Instagram or, uh, Lene, are you on, are you doing the Westfords, um, Instagram account? Yeah, I, I'm on the cycling Westfords is all things race. So everybody should go over there just to get race updates and see cool photos of the Westfjords. Yeah. So, yeah. And then this is a stage race. So are you, do people carry their gear or are you transporting gear? Like, what is that like? And is there, if I ride it, is there a meal set up for me every night? Yeah. Great question. Uh, so first off on the meals, we are providing a group dinner and breakfast every day of the race. So that's, you know, your main fuel for the day is covered at least. And then the rest of it is completely self-supported with the exception of we will be transporting some tents. Um, that is our plan. Uh, we're still recommending if you want your own tent to bring it. Uh, some people will also be staying in the hotels. Um, unfortunately, there, there's only a very limited hotel number. So it, most people will be camping. And I know that most people will wanna bring a tent that they're familiar with and also just having it um, if they wanted to take a quick nap or something on the route, but we will be uh, transferring tents for anybody who chooses to do that. Well, so you could just ride with basically the stuff you need for the day that your nutrition, your rain gear stuff you would need just in case the weather. Yeah, shows. we do have in the race handbook that we, we are asking everybody to bring at the very least um, an emergency bivy uh, just for safety reasons. And so 
I think a lot of people will choose to just carry a tent instead of that. Yeah. And then Maria, what's it like, like refueling in these towns along the way? Are there places to like, if you wanted to stop and get snacks, are there gas stations in Iceland? <laughs> Um, there are no many, there are not many gas stations on this way, but uh, Lene, where maybe, maybe it will be good to uh, make a card, uh, a map where you can, mm-hmm. uh, and Lene and they uh, have probably connected uh, all the gas stations, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have a list of all of the refuel spots. Um, that could be anything from a cafe, which we will make sure is open during reasonable hours during the race. Um, and then some markets, some restaurants, um, and the very few gas stations, yeah. Um, but everybody will have access to that map uh, within about a month or two before the race starts, so they can start planning out their ride days. Awesome. Yeah, you you can always have. There are not. Yeah, you you will be able to uh, get some food along the way. So fresh food and and uh, yeah, that that will not be a problem. Fantastic. Okay, and then where if somebody wants to sign up, um, where do they go, and what are the exact dates again? <laughs> uh, so for signing up, you're gonna go to cyclingwestfjords.com. And then click on the West Fjords Way Challenge on our header. And then the exact dates are from June 28th through July 3rd. Um, And I think people will want to be there one or two days on either side of that, at least, just to get to spend some time preparing and then relaxing again and experiencing um, the town and the rest of the region. Awesome. Well, hopefully you will have some folks reach out to you and and be interested in this and if if this just like sparks something and you can't do it this year make sure you're following them on social because then you'll kind of get that inside look at this year follow uh well Brooke Lale and Maria would you want to tell us your socials too so people can just follow your journeys on this the summer if they can't make it yeah, yeah mine's simply. Oh, go for it, Brooke. Well, mine's simple. It's Brooke, and Brooke is spelled with an E, G-O-U-D-Y. So at Brooke Gowdy. And you can follow me on Instagram. It's the main place that I post all my adventures. Yeah, you can you can see me ride in headwinds in Iceland <laughs> on my Instagram. And my Instagram is just Maria Ice. You know, Maria and Ice. So you can find me there. I ride a lot. So yeah. Yeah, uh, mine is my name, Leah Wilcox, and my wife, Rue, will be shooting the race. So she's going to get fantastic photos of Brooke and Maria and Lene and all the other women, because that's a huge deal to me is, you know, documenting these rides and sharing these stories so other women could imagine themselves being there and doing it and also see what they're missing out. You know, it's like you got to get there. You got to see it in person yourself. It's captured beautifully in photos, but feels different when you're exposed to the elements and you're riding through it and you don't know what's going to happen. And, and also I want to say, uh, if you want to go, if you want to come, if any woman want to come and don't, don't have a partner to team, uh, come with to Iceland, come just uh, by yourself, connect us and we are waiting for you. I'm waiting for people <laughs> come riding here. And, uh, so 
come along, be a solo. And uh, it's so much fun being solo on a bike because you know how the cycling community is all over the world. It's like you have friends in every 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 town and uh, yeah so connect us if you if you're coming solo to iceland connect us so we are waiting uh, um, and, yeah definitely and on that note we also have a um a closed facebook group for anyone can um ask to join it and we'll let you in and you can just ask people what their plans are um you can work out hotel shares you can ask questions about training um it's pretty fun people are posting a lot of fun photos of their of their training rides and all of their indoor setups so yeah, yeah. and also like uh, how they will uh, pack uh, on their bike mm -hmm. and uh, etc you don't have to know everything you 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 will ask the other people and uh, get the advice so well this has been fantastic i almost want to sign up to come to iceland this summer now Catherine, <laughs> you should do it come on <laughs> I can pick you at the airport, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I'm going to look at the website. Um, <laughs> well, thank you all so much for your time today. And um, we're so excited, whether or not I'm there, I'm so excited to hear all about the stories from the summer and um, look forward to seeing what happens with this event. When you're out on your adventures, it's important to take care of your skin, both the parts exposed to the sun and the parts that are not. That's why we're excited that Zelios is joining the gravel community as a sponsor. Zelios uses quality ingredients that athletes love. Every gravel adventurer needs to protect her skin from the sun and Sun Barrier, a clear drying zinc sunscreen is a great way to do it. And of course, we all wanna focus on miles, not our chamois. With Betwixt, Zelios all-natural chamois cream, you can do just that. This vegan product uses organic aloe vera as well as almond and coconut oils and doesn't use any of the bad stuff. No fragrances, petroleum, or paraben. Head over to teamzelios.com and get 20% off your order with the code GIRLSGONEGRAVEL. That's teamzelios.com for 20% off with the code GIRLSGONEGRAVEL. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.